Hey everyone, this is Mike Flanagan. On this episode of the Inside Bowling Show, we welcome Parker Bone III, his wife Leslie, sons Justin and Brandon, and his daughter Sydney. This program was a family affair that really shows what life is like in the Bone household and just how important bowling is to their entire family. A really fun episode here and a side of Parker that you don't always get to see or hear. This show, if you found it by now, is broadcast live on Facebook and YouTube, and you should head over to those accounts by searching Inside Bowling to watch the program and check our schedule for future episodes. If you're enjoying our show, do us a favor, subscribe to our podcast, and leave us a review. Matt and I would really appreciate it. And if you really like what we're doing here, you can head over to InsideBowling.com and save 15% off the site with coupon code IBSHOW. Elements from today's show were intended for both video and audio, and we apologize if you can't quite follow along throughout the show. This is a great reminder that all of our shows are archived on our YouTube channel. So here's episode number 32 with the Bone Family. sixth of may i'm mike matt's back with you we're here on the inside bowling show episode number 32 i have to look at the calendar every time because i can't keep track of how many we're on because it's just like a whirlwind every single day matt but uh, glad to be with you today i hope everybody had a wonderful memorial day we did have a show yesterday no days off here actually it's just because we're stupid enough not to pay attention <laughs> to the calendar and pete weber didn't mind joining us yesterday really want to thank pete for the show we had yesterday it was a good one we had some good storytelling yesterday i want to thank everybody that reached out to me or matt complimenting us on yesterday's show really do appreciate it and don't forget if you want to get in touch with the program you can do so a couple of different ways you can tweet at us at inside bowling on twitter you can go over on and email us at media at inside bowling.com and tell us what you think of the show what you'd like to do we've been talking about it this is your first time here we're doing 40 shows taking a week off and then we're going to figure out what we do when we come back matt but uh, a lot of uh, emails pouring in a lot of people giving us a lot of feedback on the show how was your Memorial Day after we got off of work and we clocked out? Uh, Do you have a good rest of the day? Yeah, it was filled with a whole bunch of nothing. whole bunch of just relaxing, did some reading, uh, spent some time with the fam, ate some dinner, barbecued a little bit, and had some s'mores last night, which was delicious. Uh, I think everybody kind of loves a, a good s'more every now and then, so that was great. And uh, yeah, just excited for today's show. Yeah, I had water. Um I had water on some carpet in my basement yesterday after the show. That was uh, something that I got to deal with, and we've had no rain here. So looks like my new uh, watering system outside with the with the sprinklers. Looks like I was a little heavy on that. Uh, so uh, <laughs> did you it, get for trying to show off in the group chat every day? I know. It's like 72 degrees here, and uh, I've got space heaters on my carpet it wasn't a big area at all but now now i gotta go outside and i gotta do i gotta do some analysis of my uh of my sprinkler system i mean my grass looks great but my carpet doesn't so the joys <laughs> of being a homeowner matt one day you'll get to deal with the same stuff i deal with oh yeah absolutely one day it'll happen but thankfully not anytime soon today we've got 
Parker Bone on the show as well as Justin Bone. And I, I was also wondering if maybe Brandon might just pop in just to get some just to get some airtime today. I mean, he was more than welcome. And Leslie, they could join as well. It doesn't really matter to us. You know, it's a party over here. So the more the but, merrier. But Justin actually sent me an email, you know, right after we started doing the show, you know, and, and he's like, Hey, hey, if you if you need a guest, if you need a guest, let me know. Let me know. And I and I and he probably thinks I forgot. And then, uh, you know, we wanted to have Parker on and, and we've done this thing where we have multiple people on at the same time. And we had Bill O'Neill and Gavin O'Neill on last week and that went over really well. So Justin today has some really big shoes to fill because, uh, obviously there's an age difference between Gavin and Justin. I mean, Justin's turned into a young man. I mean, my God, he's got his own show and we'll talk <laughs> about that today as well. But I remember when these kids were, were really young and, um, we're going to talk about the world championship when they, when they came out and when Parker uh, ran the ladder and remember uh, that moment, just how young they were and how much, how the kids just grow up these days, Matt, including yourself, 26 years old, Matt Farber, man, you're just growing up. Why do you have to date me like here. that, Mike? I don't come out here and saying, Oh, 70 year old Mike Flanagan. No, you're simply <laughs> growing up, man. Oh, that's great. That's great. I love it um okay let's get uh let's get to the program here let's go ahead and take a look at yesterday's bowler x poll question and the question is based around pete weber which of these trademarks is pete weber most famous for leading the way at 58.2 percent who do you think you are i am coming in second bowling with sunglasses at 18.4 percent and the crotch chop coming in third at 16.3 and dropping that U.S. Open trophy at 7.1%. So just some iconic moments from, from Pete Weber. There are no right or wrong answers there. Um, pretty cool stuff right there. What do you got for today's poll question, Matt? What do you got? Today's poll question uh, is actually related to a question that somebody threw in the chat early in today's show already. Um, and uh, today's question is, if you could bring back the bowling balls from a specific decade, which of the following would you pick? 1970s, 1980s, 1990s, or 2000s. So go ahead and find us on Twitter at Inside Bowling. Participate in our poll and let us know which decade of bowling balls you would love to bring back. Yeah, yeah go ahead and bring that question up from Adam and fill some time here because I'm going to give the answer and actually uh, show it. Yeah, uh, for anybody that tuned into some of the earlier episodes on the show, you might know what Mike is going to grab here. But for those of you that don't, Mike has a couple of babies back there. All right, I'm back. You, all right, I think I don't know. Can you see me, Mike? I think you might be frozen. I don't know if I'm frozen. I don't know who's what's going on here. I've got no problems on my screen. Let us know, chat, if everything looks okay. But this is my favorite bowling ball of all time. It's the track critical mass code red. And thanks to Bob annoyed, I was able to pick up two of them recently undrilled and they sit on the shelves behind me. So that's my favorite ball of all time. Great. Awesome. How do I look? Am I still frozen? No, no, you're, you're coming back here. Yeah. Some people say Mike was frozen, but I think we're, we're coming back. We're good. I think we're good now. I think we're good. Okay. All right. It's I been think about it like I... third. It's been about like twenty-four episodes since we've had internet problems. So I think we... it's the first show that I've ever got out of my chair. So I think that's... it kind of maybe messed it up a little bit. 
I think my webcam's like, oh my god, the most gorgeous man in America is not on the screen. <laughs> or, or it's like, oh my god, how do I fit all this man in this camera? Yeah, it's, it's something like that. But anyway, <laughs> so in case you missed it, it's the track critical mass code red favorite ball of all time. Bob Benoit hooked me up. There it is. Sweet. Okay. Sweet. All right. I don't. I've. I don't even know what to, what what that ball. What what did that ball do on the lane? Was it a, like a very strong ball back in the day? Uh, so it, it was a symmetric ceramic core ball, and at the time, uh, you know, it hooked as much as anything else that was out. I mean, it was their HP ball, so to speak. I mean, it was great. Yeah, awesome, sweet. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna leave the screen, Matt. Um, and I'm gonna come back in, and I'm gonna let you introduce the guests, and and I'll I'll still be here, but I'm gonna leave the screen. Okay. All righty. Oh, this is a lot of pressure here. Uh, I hope my internet doesn't go out in the middle of this introduction, but today's guests really need no introduction. One of the greatest uh, bowlers of all time and a PBA Hall of Famer, and I'm sure a bajillion other Hall of Fames as well. And his son, who is an incredible bowler in his own right and aspiring, I believe, Wichita State Shocker. He's always repping the Wichita State merch and someone who I believe will probably have no problem filling his dad's shoes and uh, also filling in the shoes of Brad and Kyle on YouTube, an aspiring vlogger. So without further ado, let's bring in today's guest, Team Bone. How are we doing today, guys? Hello. Hey, guys. Doing great. All right. I don't, I don't know if Mike... There he is. There's Big Mike. Hey, Mike's back too. But uh, Matthew, I got to admit, you said you had some s'mores last night. Well, coincidentally, believe it or not, so did the both of us. We had some s'mores as well. That was really, really good. <laughs> Team s'mores. Team s'mores. That's what I'm talking about. Is that a Northeast thing yeah. or what? Uh, look, <laughs> it, it may be a Northeast thing, but Matt, uh, let's just put it in Mike's shoes. Having s'mores is much, much better than having water in your basement. Oh, okay. yes, without a doubt. That, that sprinkler head that you connected that's down there sprinkling your uh, carpet in your basement, you might you might want to remove that guy sometime soon. <laughs> yeah, I was watering twice a day. Oh, it was the problem. Because um, I've been home so much, I just want everything so green and so beautiful. Well, that's fine. But just turn that one down. Uh, at <laughs> least that system near your house, turn it down a notch or two, okay? <laughs> Yeah, hey guys, thanks for thanks for coming on the show today. Uh, certainly do appreciate it. Um, Justin, uh, I want to start with you here today. Um, I can remember, and, and this is me dating myself again. I can remember when you were just a little guy out out there uh, watching your dad bowl, and you got all kinds of stuff going on now. You got this YouTube channel that's uh, I just subscribed today. By the way, shame on me for not subscribing beforehand. But you're up to 456 subscribers over on YouTube. You're doing some Thank vlogs you. and stuff. And then, you. uh, and then you've got your bone and Zano, uh, zone, the show on, uh, on YouTube as well. You're up over hundred subscribers. I see you out there doing your thing. Tell yep. everybody a little bit about what you have going on and, and why you're doing all this stuff in the, in the online space. So a lot of it started when I was going into high school and at our high school, we have different academies of like areas, different areas of study. And one of the academies was actually the Digital Media Academy. And that's what I picked being being around bowling, being around the Brunswick ball videos uh, from a few years back. I really liked doing that kind of stuff. And I was like, this is a place that I could go. And there were obviously YouTube videos that I watched. And I was like, you know, I want to learn how to do that. So I learned how to do that, got my feet wet 
for about two years, I was in that involved in that. I'm still doing it in school, but I watched Brad and Kyle do their stuff, and I was like, Brandon, we can do this too. So my first one came up, and we were going to Malaysia actually last year. Uh, we wanted to do one, but it just didn't come through. And then this year, I stuck to it. I posted it, said, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to make this happen, and it's going to be a great time. So it worked out pretty well. When I posted it, it went over really good, over 2,000 views now. And all after that, I said, you know, I could probably keep doing this. So I've been doing that. That's been keeping me busy. But lately, I've been doing our Bone and Zano Zone podcast. Um, we started doing it actually at the beginning of the year, right about in January and December. Um, just a bowling podcast because there weren't really a whole lot going on. Um, we had done a whole lot before quarantine. We just set up a mic and had like a blank screen go on YouTube the entire time. And with this whole thing, I mean, video streams have been popping up every day, multiple times a day, just like your guys' show, for example. And well, we decided to hop on the bandwagon. So We've had a few guests getting our name out a little bit more, um, and it's it's been a good time so far. I love this comment from Love Jones in the chat. It says, man, Brandon is Parker's twin, even with his voice. Parker, do you see yourself and your son there? <laughs> I, I got to be honest. I, I, I don't know that I see him being exactly me. He's his own person. He's, a, he's wild and out there. You know, he's my son. I love him to death, just like all my kids. But uh, he... He comes or quacks from a different side of the lake. Let's put it that way. <laughs> you know, I, I, I want to say that I'm the straight laced guy. I pretty much go down that that narrow path. I don't deviate from it, you know, too much. But when it comes to Brandon, you don't know what's coming out of his mouth at any given time. And I'm saying that because he's only sitting about three feet from me over here to the left. Uh, but you, we don't know what's going to come from him. <laughs> Yeah, Brandon. Uh, Brandon's a funny one. Also, um, you got a couple. You got some great kids there. Um, so, so I saw I saw Justin for the first time at at with a camera in his hand at the Chris Paul event. I think two years ago, maybe. Um, yeah, I think. Yep, twenty nineteen, so, maybe. Yeah. So what what's your goal with with all this stuff that you're doing? You know, what do you want this to turn into for yourself? Um. I think somewhere down the road, I want to be able to bowl on the PBA tour. Like that's been the goal from the beginning is bowl on tour. But now I was always trying to figure out what I could go to college for and still bowl on tour and do something that I love that allows me to do both of them. And this has given me that whole other avenue, whether it's work for Brunswick and make their ball videos, um, work for the PBA, work for Flow Bowling, do their live stream. There's so many different avenues that I could go down if I know a lot of different things about film, whether it's running live streams. Like this year for my dad's tournament, I ran a whole full-fledged live stream. Phil Brylow gave me six gigantic Pelican cases full of live stream stuff, and I did that. And, I mean, it's stuff like that that's uh, really not a 10 to 4 or 9 to 5 kind of job that, well, I can go on the PBA tour and film when I'm not Christmas time at our junior tournament. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think uh, Justin, you touched on something that's great um, and important. There was being able to have the best of both worlds. And you know, my mentor when I was younger told me I was like, "Do I keep bowling? Do I go try to find a nine to five job? What do I do?" And he's like, "Look, the the smartest people in the world 
don't have to make the choice between doing one or the other. They always find a way to get both. And so you touching on that on such a such a young age is incredible to see. Parker, what is it like to see your son and I'm sure all of your kids be able to find out how to, you know, experience that balance between doing multiple things at once and, and loving it and making it all work together? Well, I think the biggest thing that, you know, Leslie and myself, we strive on telling them, don't put all of your eggs into one basket. You know, try to be a bit diversified, but do at the end of the day, do what you truly love to do. And we know that our kids are into bowling. Uh, but when he started to do some of this YouTube stuff and, and uh, let me just say everything that goes out there on the social media, because I don't know anything about that by all means. But when he started to do that and really grasp on it, it's really, really cool to sit there as a parent and watch your kid really take this into his own hands and, and grow it into something exponentially that, well, at the end of the day, I could have never dreamed of. And it's that part of it's really outstanding. Yeah. And we, uh, we, we got, a, we got a lot of love coming in today for the goatee Parker. Is that uh, is that going to be something that you stick with, uh, going <laughs> forward or is this a quarantine only? Is this a quarantine? Yeah. I know I look like, I look like I need to shave for sure. Yeah, it, it, it is quarantine related for sure. Uh, you know, I've said to a lot of people here, friends locally, I said, uh, when we come out of quarantine for maybe the first week or two, I may have it at the bowling center for, for the people that have seen me, you know, for the most part over the screen. But I'll say it this way. Once the regular tour, as we know, it gets back underway and, and whether that's the PBA 50 tour or the regular tour itself, depending what opens up first, uh, I'm going to go out there and be cool, calm and collective and clean shaven at that point. <laughs> All right. So you, everybody that's here needs to enjoy this now while they can. Uh, because it's not going to be here, hopefully, for too long. You mentioned the PBA Tour and the PBA 50 Tour. When both tours resume, hopefully sooner rather than later, what are your plans as far as co competing? Are you going full-time, or are you going to try to plan it out differently? Well, the PBA 50 Tour, I'll bowl as many of those events uh, as they put out there. Uh, in the past, let me say, five or six years that I've participated out there, I may have skipped one or two events along the way. Uh one of the main events that I would skip or two of them that, that I would have skipped would have had something to do with junior gold. Uh, junior gold is by far the biggest event of the year for every junior bowler uh, around our country. And by all means, I'm going to say it bluntly that our three children, you know, Justin, Brandon and Sydney, that's we put all of our eggs right there. We're two fledged parents that want to be involved at, at a highly, uh, let me say, at a high end. And Leslie told me a couple of years ago, she goes, look, it doesn't matter to me what PBA events are going on. Just so that you know, this block of 10 days, you're going to be wherever our children are bowling. And uh, she couldn't have said it any better at that point because we do. We, we put our heart and soul into our kids with everything that they do there. But the PBA 50 stuff uh, right now, it looks like July 5th to the 15th, we're going to be down in Florida for two weeks. I do plan on participating in both of those. And then we uh, pick up the rest of the schedule. If everything goes forthright, uh, we will be there starting in Minnesota uh, towards the end of July and then going from there. I do know that my kids are scheduled to bowl teen masters out of Virginia. We have not quite worked out that part of our schedule yet, uh, but we're just going to say crossing fingers, play it all by ear. And uh, it'd be a nice problem to have to either go have to go A or B, left or right. 
Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned Junior Gold. You mentioned youth bowling. You and your wife and this team of people that you put together in the New Jersey area have given back substantially to youth bowling. What has kind of ignited that fire within you guys to make this push and to give back to the kids as much as you do? Well, I, obviously, my job is out on tour as much as possible. Uh, but Leslie, her heart and soul is into bowling, just like our, our entire family at that point. And it enabled us more so her in the beginning because she really got on it on a local basis here. But when she seen how much benefit it was to all of the kids in our area, and it certainly blossomed and took off from there. Uh, you know, they say you, you sprinkle a little bit of a uh, uh, fertilizer on it and it'll grow. Well, it didn't take too much fertilizer and she's grown exponentially. You know, when you look at what she's put together over the last six or seven years at the Youth Open, uh, it started out where she just took four kids out there. Obviously, most of them were ours. <laughs> okay. Half the team was ours, Justin and Brandon. But uh, it went from four members of one team to last year. Uh, would you bring out last year about 160 bowlers, about 40 teams that yeah. you signed up from all parts of the country? I mean, guys, she had like 28 or 29 states involved. It was a lot. That's incredible. And now that uh, we've got the real guest here for today's show, Parker and Justin, thank you guys hey, for joining us. Uh, now we've got uh, Leslie. But Leslie, I just want to shout you out uh, and say all the great things that you do for youth bowling and just for the sport as a whole. It's greatly appreciated coming from somebody that was a youth bowler, that youth bowling did a lot for me. And now to see that you guys are doing so much for youth bowling um, to give so much more for the kids that are coming up after me, it's really great to see. Um, and you guys are the bowling industry really, really appreciates you both. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. You know, it's we had a great youth bowling program when I was a youth bowler myself back in Sturgis, Michigan. I bowled youth leagues in Sturgis and then traveled up to Kalamazoo. And I just remember the amazing memories uh, that we had bowling junior tournaments and our leagues and everything that that entailed. And I just wanted to see our kids enjoy some of those same benefits. So when we started taking our kids to tournaments, it just seemed so natural to uh try to get more as many kids involved as we could. So that very first time that we traveled out to Detroit to bowl the Youth Open, I thought, what a great experience. So it was Justin, Brandon, our niece, Natalie Kent, and uh, Mike, Mike and Carrie Shady's son. So great friends from all across the industry, be it the college level and the pro level, bring them together. And then it just seemed like a, a team bowling is awesome and, and definitely something that I love. So it's been fun. And Leslie and Parker, I've been watching you guys. You guys get on Facebook as well, and you guys do your own little show. Uh, how often do you do that? We've been doing that um, on Friday nights. It actually all started because our Parker Bone Third and Johnny Petraglia Scholarship League here at Howell Lanes was on Friday nights at 6 o'clock, and I definitely miss seeing the kids each and every week. I do a lot of coaching and then our league on Friday nights. So I just said to Parker, during this time that we have, why don't we go live and, and just stay connected as much as we can with our league bowlers is what we initially had it started out to be. And it turned into such a great experience with people from all over the country. So great to connect with people that we've made, you know, created friendships with throughout our travels because of this awesome sport of bowling. Yeah, totally. Uh, while we still have you here, I also wanted to ask the parents here. Uh, a couple of years ago, I was at Junior Gold and I was covering it for the brand of Ebernight International at the time, and you had a special person from your household make a TV show. If you could tell oh. that story and what it was like sitting there watching not Parker Bowl, but 
one of your kids. This boy. guy? You mean this nitwit? <laughs> yeah, there you go. I, I thought you might get in there. That was probably one of the most, um, as a mom and a player, one of the emotional, most emotional weeks that I had ever experienced. Watching Brandon compete at a high level, I knew it was his dream to win junior gold. And I felt in my heart that he had put the time and had been dedicated enough to see his dreams come true. And after the first round of match play, <laughs> that was um, quite trying. His emotions got the best of him. And we just kind of went outside. And I Not said, him. No. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I, I actually, Parker was at another center with Justin because we were fortunate that they both made match play. So I was with Brandon. Justin was with Parker. And I just went outside for a minute, had him, you know, gather his thoughts and thinking about how mature you are at 11 years old said, this is your chance. You've got what it takes to make the TV show. Now you're the only one that needs to put it out there and, and make it happen. So I said, you have our support, but you need to be respectful of yourself and all your competitors. So watching him, you know, pull it together and make the TV show and then bowl on national television was a dream come true. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. And, and since we've got you all there right here on the screen, and this is really cool what we have going on here right now. <laughs> You know, Parker, let's let the folks at home know just how good of a bowler Leslie was. <laughs> let them know. Uh, all right, here. Let, let me fill you in this way. She, she was beating you this year. Stop, stop. Uh, I will tell you this. There's four of us in this picture right now. Sydney's actually sitting over here on the sidelines. She doesn't want to get involved. She's just watching and laughing. But of the four of us standing here right now, I can, or sitting here, I can tell you three of us have a 300 under their belt more recently than me. Okay. <laughs> I am the last one in this uh, quadruple effect here of the four of us, but Leslie bowled on the tour for three years. And, and Mike, I say it best this way for many years, I did exhibitions and appearances. And uh, you know, one of the times that I went and did an exhibition or appearance, Leslie's stuff happened to be in the car and uh, it was a light amount of people there that day. She goes, do you think I can go out and bowl? I said, sure. Well, she grabs her stuff. She goes out there and bowl. Uh, don't mind you that I bowl 675 for the three games that I had to bowl. And she beats me not one, not two, but all three games and shoots over 700 with, believe it or not, a Parker Bone MVP ball. So we put the stuff in the car and everything is fine. And uh, for the next six months, when I do exhibitions and appearances, I do the rightful thing that any husband would do. I load up the vehicle to go do the exhibition or appearance and politely forget the wife's equipment in the garage. Right. Okay. Right thing to do. Yep. Six months goes by. We're at an, a facility doing another event and it just so happens her stuff is in the car. She goes, do you mind if I go out and bowl? I said, sure. You're going to do what you did six months ago. She goes, no, I got lucky that day. Well, how about if we take and go through it? Once again, three games, I shoot 700 for the three games I need to bowl, and I lose not one, not two, but all three games again. <laughs> when I load up the vehicle to go back home, I look at her right before we pull out of the parking lot. I go, uh, you know, maybe you should do the exhibition appearance, and I should sit in the back and talk to people about merchandise. She goes, oh, no. I play for show. You play for pay. I'm fine exactly the way that we do it right now. I, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, Leslie was an awesome um, collegiate bowler and still a great bowler has bowled some uh, tour stops over the years. And uh, didn't you win? Did you win a women's title recently? Um, were you on a winning team or something? Recently, I won my first uh, New Jersey State Queens title 
which was, uh, I folded a number of times and was fortunate to pull it all together. And it was ironic, Parker was on his way to an event and little did I know that he had called the bowling center and he had someone live stream it or FaceTime the whole match so that he could watch it and be a part of it. So that was pretty cool. That's awesome. And then I, was, and then I had, was scheduled to go bowl the, um, the two ladies events, the senior ladies, senior queens and the golden ladies, which unfortunately didn't happen for me for the times that we're in right now, but I will look forward to uh, getting back out on the lanes. Yeah. yeah. A friend of mine, Steve Orff from the St. Louis area. Um, I'm sure you guys know him well. Um, he actually told me one day, he goes, you know, Parker must be a hell of a salesman because for him to get Leslie back in the day, you were quite, you were quite the fox is what he said, what he told me. Hey, I was a smart guy. Let me tell you. That's right. Trying to get her to blush there on camera. Yeah. Um, so let, let's take it back. Uh, another great moment here that, that you guys have had as a family. And I was there as well for this one. And that was back uh, at two, 2012, 2013 world championship in Las Vegas. Uh, Parker, um, Matt, before you bring that up, I do have a little bit of a backstory here. So, uh, Parker, that event, you um, barely made match play leading up. Let's talk about getting in on the number and what happened through match play before we get to the show. Well, uh, actually, for that event, uh, I got to prelude what led to that. That happens to be the unfortunate circumstance of the little thing on the East Coast called Superstorm Sandy. Uh, that came up the, the East coast pretty, pretty violently, as I remember correctly, knocking an endless amount of power out, shutting down airports, uh, closing down New York city and the surrounding areas, obviously our state as well. And, uh, when I look at what happened, we didn't have power for three or four days. So I couldn't go to the bowling facility to actually go practice. And I didn't want to leave my, my family without power and everything shut down. So the day before, everything fortunately came back on, and I said, well, hey, you know, I can actually change my flight now and go out there and try to participate. So I fly out there, skipping half of the practice session, bowling in the tournament. I did not make any of the individual cuts at all, but I found myself sneaking into the world championship at 24th position. Lo and behold, three rounds of match play would uh, unfold and then slowly kept creeping closer, if you want to say to that top five. And then I snuck in at fifth, right when they made the cut for the top five for the TV show. And fortunately, we had a 24-hour break before the actual live show went on to take place. So uh, by then, the storm that had hit the East Coast had now, let me say, turned around a few days later, and they had 10 or 12 inches of snow, which shut down everything again, except for the airport that they could actually get out. So they were able to get on a plane, come out there and watch me. And uh, my God, I can't tell you how the feeling that came over me and how everything transpired in as little as an hour and a half that day. Yeah, it was pretty incredible. And I, and I was there and I was working for the PBA with Extra Frame at the time. I did a lot of commentary that week. And you make the show and the number uh, four seed was Dan McClelland, who was bowling at the top mm -hmm. of his game at the time. Rhino Page, another southpaw. Uh, then Sean Rash, and then the number one seed, Jason Belmonte. So that was that was the road ahead. And I remember talking to Chris Barnes and Jason Thomas and a few other people. And this is one of those one of those deals right here, Matt, um, 
where I like to throw things out there. And if I'm right, I look like a genius. And if I'm wrong, it just gets you know shuffled <laughs> under a rock and everybody forgets about it. But I told, I told Barnes with the story that was going on, what was happening on the East coast and with you just barely making into each one of these numbers. And a few years later, Mike Fagan did the same thing. Didn't have the East coast mm-hmm. story, but he made it in on the number and went on and won the world championship as well. Mm-hmm. Five or six years later, I believe it was. But I'm like, man, this is Parker's day. His his whole family's here. You guys, the whole family came out. I'm like, I think Parker's going to run this step ladder. And Barnes thought I was insane. He he, <laughs> he thought there's no way, no way, Jose, not against this murderer's row. And you guys all came out. You were right there in the front row. First match, take on McClellan. You beat Danny Mac. Then you beat Rhino. Then you beat Sean, very good friend and teammate at the time. Mm-hmm. And then you got a bull Belmo in that title match. What what was going through your mind going into that title match? Well, I mean, it, you know, it, Belmo's strike ball more or less speaks for itself. And obviously everything that he's accomplished over the last, I'm going to say a decade, you, you know, is incredible. But as a professional bowler, and I'm going to say his style and technique, you literally can find yourself sitting on the sidelines or sitting in the back and you become a spectator. And it's pretty cool to watch. But at the same time, I'm going to look at myself and go, regardless of what he's doing, I've got a job and a task in my hand, and I want to try to outperform him in any way, shape, or form that I can. And uh, the only way to do that is let your ball do the talking. And I'll say it this way, and I'm going to knock on this table for wood. Uh, Things unfolded perfectly for me that day, and you can't write a better script at the end. Yeah, I think Matt's got it uh, queued up here in the ninth frame. A really cool shot right here. And pay attention to what what Parker does after this shot right here. Ninth frame, left lane. First one of the week. And he trips the three pin forward. And there's a point here. There's a point. And he points at the Tony Reyes patch right there. So um, pretty awesome right there. Um, So then – so you've got uh, what do you got there? Two sixty-eight left, and Belmo had uh, two. Matt, do you know what that was there? What do we got? We got uh, two sixty-eight, and yeah, he had uh, uh, he had two fifty-nine left. Yeah, two fifty-nine. So you had the upper hand going into the tenth frame. Uh, you just had to pretty much uh, match what Belmo did, and then uh, you're in a zone right there, buddy. <laughs> you can tell you're in a zone right there. Belmo goes up uh, here in the ninth. And throws an awesome shot. Just not meant to be. I mean, you can't throw it any better at that point. Leaves the ring in 10, and I'm sitting on the bench going, oh, my God. Now that he's done that, if he doubles in the 10th, or actually he needs all three in the 10th to force me to get the first one. And uh, it it literally, at sitting in there, I can't believe what's unfolding in front of me. And I believe here uh, we're going to watch another really good shot. It's going to turn into nine and again. Blower seven. Yep. I haven't watched this enough. Yep. <laughs> so at that moment in time, I've realized I've just won the title. I'm not, I'm trying everything I can to hold it inside, but I know that I've just won a title. I can't speak for my children and my wife right then and there. She probably realizes it, but uh, the kids are just, just trying to take it in. I'll Look say it, Matt. you know, like, Hey, what's dad doing? What does he need? (laughs) 
Yeah, just an incredible, I mean, one of the most um, memorable moments, uh, we have a lot of great guests on the show, but this one here really stands out to me, um, just in, in PBA history with all the other things that were happening outside of the bowling world and to get everybody there, the family there, and to, to deal with what you guys were dealing with back home and just a huge celebration here. Um, and and you hadn't won in a long time. How many years had it been since you had won? Uh, it probably been uh, two or three years. Yeah, you know, it could have been four. I don't know the exact number there, but uh, you know, you're stepping on a up on a platform at that point. After everything that's gone on, everything that's transpired, uh, and believe it or not, ten months prior to that, I had put finger grips in a bowling ball and tried to really change what I was doing. But it's all unfolding on what I would feel is one of the biggest stages that we have. You know, my heart tells me the tournament of champions is the most. Uh, coveted title to win out on the PBA tour. Uh, the U.S. Open is probably right behind that. And the World Championship is going to be number three. And they're all really close, but they're, you know, leaps and bounds ahead of a lot of other PBA events and titles that you can win. But knowing what's going on and seeing my children right there in the front row, and they can remember it and realize it uh, literally till this day. That, I don't remember that's what, it. <laughs> that's what makes it more special. Now. Yeah. All right, everybody, just smile, and then you guys can screenshot this later and take a family picture and hang it up. <laughs> That's great. So, so let's let's ask all the kids here. Uh, do, what do you remember from that day when Dad won? Go ahead, Brandon. Um, oh, oh. You want me to start? Go ahead. All right. Um, wow, what a day! Uh, I remember yelling in the ninth frame when he rolled the three pin. Um, as you saw, um, and then when he won. Something I'll never forget. Sending your turn. I remember from that day. Yeah. Or, okay. Okay. I wore um <laughs> the the girl with the black hair. I don't remember her name. Janae. Yeah, Janae. I wore her high heels. They were like bright yellow. And then when we got on the show, <laughs> like after Dad won, I remember like running up to him and trying to grab the trophy out of his hands. Mm -hmm. But obviously they wouldn't give it to me because I was five. <laughs> um. <laughs> She's held it a couple times since then. <laughs> and so then, like, taking the picture, like, they were holding it with me, and I was, like, trying to grab it still. And then, like, a few weeks later, when Dad wasn't bowling well, I think <laughs> um, he was, like, struggling so bad. And I was like, Dad, just throw your red ball. He's like, what? I was like, the melee, the one that she won with Cheetah. <laughs> They're like, what? I was like, yeah, that ball. <laughs> Leave really it up to the bowler in the family right back here. <laughs> you know, I don't remember a whole lot about the show itself. I think I remember they did like a, a dance contest in the middle of two matches <laughs> between uh, Rhino's match and Sean's match. And I got up and did Gangnam Style and won the contest. And when we came back on the air, they said Parker Bone's son, Brandon. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. But... Okay. Brandon's got two left feet like his dad. Sorry, guys. <laughs> that's that's awesome. And you know what? It bring you bring in back memories for me because I forgot about that Gangnam Style, but I do remember you winning that now. Being there on hand, that was awesome. Yep, guys, this is cool having all of you on right here. Um, I guess the next obvious layup question is: We've been watching the vlogs, Justin. It looks like you guys are moving right now. What's what's going on uh, with with moving? A lot of boxes. 
<laughs> We've ran out of boxes, I think, three or four times. And believe it or not, when we get done here, I've got to go run out and go get a couple more. But uh, So how many case boxes of stuff do you think we have packed? Case boxes? Oh, my, oh God. my God. Definitely <laughs> over 100. <laughs> you know, Mike, when we were in Indianapolis there bowling, in, let me say third or, or last week of February, they had just un unloaded a whole bunch of bowling balls onto the truck. Uh, because the truck was getting ready to go out to Las Vegas. And I seen all these empty case boxes and they were all basically unfolded or, or torn down and folded up. And I said, Hey uh, guys, are we doing anything with those? And they said, no. I said, well, I tell you what, I know what to do with them. I loaded up the back of my Yukon from floor to ceiling with case boxes. And when we got home, it wasn't long after that. Everybody knows what happened come around March 7th or 8th. Uh, we went through all of those, and there were probably somewhere around 80 or 90 case boxes. And I was taping them okay. off at 1, 2 a.m. <laughs> yeah. That was fun. Oh, my. And and when I say 80 or 90 case boxes, we've gone through at least another 130 or 40 other boxes along the way. Why the decision to, to move? Because as a bowling purist here, you know, those those uh, lumber liquidator hardwood floors, you know, <laughs> those are going to be gone. You know, are you guys going to get lumber liquidators back out and shoot another commercial or what? Well, we do have some hardwood floors in the other house. That's a good but, idea, though. Uh, uh, it's not a bad idea. We, we certainly <laughs> will uh, look into that. You know, we've talked about it a little bit, but we, we will look into it a, a little bit further as we speak. But the idea to move just the right place, right times, uh, things are changing along the way. And we wanted to take and go, let me say to the other side of town, it's actually only about a mile and a half from where I grew up right around the corner. And, uh, we like it where it's not so much in a development. It's out in the countryside a little bit more. Uh, we're certainly going to have plenty of deer in our backyard and our front yard around our house, uh, at all times of the day or night. And back to that lumber liquidators commercial, I I remember that day more than the world championship. And I was in kindergarten when that commercial was shot. I remember getting off the bus and our street is is what? Half a mile long. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There were TV trucks from one end of the street to the other end of the street on both sides of the street. And our bus couldn't get through. And I was in kindergarten and I couldn't get off the bus. So I had to walk. That's awesome. And I just want to throw this out there. Yesterday, Mike brings up the fact when we had Pete Weber on the show, Mike brings up the fact of how he was Pete's agent to get him a movie deal. And now he's bringing up the fact that you guys should shoot a commercial. So when you guys do this in your new home, don't let Mike take credit for it because Mike's just, <laughs> Mike's just trying to become this super agent of that. He's like, oh, I helped Brad and Kyle start their YouTube channel. I got Pete Weber in a movie. I got Lumber Liquidators back on the PVA tour. So make sure you guys do this on your own and you don't go through Mike. Nice. So, so Mike, does that mean you're the new Steven Spiels Spielberg of the PBA tour? I I guess so. I I guess I, I Justin's got to call me. I got to give him some advice on his channel, how to grow his followers. I guess I don't know. All right, all right. Speaking of uh, speaking of big viral hits here, guys. Um, Parker, you've got one of the most viewed YouTube videos in the history of bowling. Are you familiar with the one that I'm speaking of? Yeah, I do. The wow. one that you did with Fox about the hidden oil patterns on the oh, lake. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That it's thing gone. is sitting at 9.1 million views <laughs> as of today. Can you believe that? That's that's pretty amazing. That really is. How did that come about? 
Uh, that was something uh, the PBA got in touch with me and asked me if uh, I'd be interested in trying to do this. The gentleman that orchestrated it all was, I believe, from Baltimore area or, or somewhere between Baltimore and, and D.C. And he had an idea of what he wanted to do. And he came up to Howell Lanes and we tried to take it out there and put it along the, let me say, out there for everybody to see. And he was really intrigued and interested in what went on uh with the lanes themselves. So I brought out one of my instructional books. I showed him some that way. Obviously I was out there bowling as well, but then he could see one or two avid bowlers in the background and uh, he just kind of orientated and put them into the video and man, he enhanced it and made it something that has really, uh, <laughs> let me say went further than I could have ever imagined. <laughs> Yeah, it's really cool. And, you know, the more impressions we have out there and the more people that see bowling and take interest in bowling, you know how many people that's probably turned on to the sport of bowling because you did that video with those guys? Probably a lot. I hope so, guys. I mean, it, you know, I, I'm going to speak on behalf of all of us here and especially for Leslie and myself. Uh, we want nothing more than thousands or millions of people to pick up a bowling ball and go out mm -hmm. at some day or time and enjoy our sport for the enjoyment that we get out of it. They may not bowl on the men's or the ladies tour, and they may not be superb youth bowlers like some of my children are here right now, but there's such a level of entertainment. That, <laughs> there's such a level of entertainment that they can all go out there and enjoy it. Just that feeling of accomplishment or success when you roll a ball down the lane and knock down a couple of pins, or maybe you get the excitement and get a strike or two along the way. They all need to feel that and see that the sport is fun loving forever. Okay. So I'm going to put it to you right here, uh, Parker. You got five of you there, right? And the traditional team format would be five people bowling, whether if it's yeah. Baker or, or a regular team event, regular league night or whatever it may be. What would your, what would your family lineup be in a five person lineup here? <laughs> Oh God. oh God! The lineup. <laughs> I, I think uh, the lineup right now we could have uh, maybe Brandon would start. No, Not a we're going to leave Justin. Justin it, will it's a start. Baker. Okay, so it's a Baker game. Oh, it's a Baker yeah, game. Yeah, Cindy's definitely in the middle. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Somewhere where, like, if I like mess up, like it won't mess up. Like, like the least game. spot that doesn't matter. That's where Sydney goes. <laughs> Just, let's put it this way: Justin will be number one. Mom can certainly be number two. Sydney will be number three. And then as far as Brandon and me, uh, it depends what we're bowling on. If we're bowling on something that's a little bit more challenging, dad's going to be number five. Oh, yeah. But if we bowl on something that, well, you can create and open up the lane. Where uh, the earth is flat and the left is walled. <laughs> here we go. You can't see I've been down that road a little bit, can you? All right. Uh, then I'd probably put me at four and put Brandon at five because I got a feeling at the end, just like Justin, their head pin is going to come back off the wall a little bit more powerful than dad's. Okay. Did, did you just call Brandon a house hack? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, not a howl. Not that, a howl. I'm that's, not a that's howl. the brotherly love. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty good. Leslie, do you agree with that lineup? Would you stack it up the same way? You seem to be pretty smart. So would you, would you do it the same way? I'm okay with that. I'm okay. Yeah. Video. Yeah. Cause if I'm oh, leading off, I'm going to, you know, enhance or add to the strikes that my number four and five guy are having. So yeah, I'm good. You know, she's got to get things figured out for wild man here once in a while, you know, me. It, yeah. 
Yeah, sometimes he thinks he makes that really quality shot, just like the one over my left shoulder here. They think they make that quality shot, but they need one of us in the back to really remind them it wasn't as good as you think. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. That's yeah. I was sitting here thinking, like, during quarantine, you know, like, what, what would the Bone household, what would you guys be doing? But I'm not so sure that it's normal because you guys are moving. So I don't even know if I have any good questions if you guys have done anything cool during quarantine. Have you had the time to do anything? Yeah, I'll, I'll step in there. We have all the time. We have all the time. So although it feels like it was so long ago, I think we started our quarantine time with um, All-American. Yeah. Oh, that was fun. So we totally embraced the All-American show, and we couldn't quite get enough of it. And then I had this bright idea. I just need to get my kids just a little bit more involved, and we were going to do some cooking videos which many people have enjoyed them. So I had each Cooking one of in the kitchen with the bones. <laughs> okay. Gotta get my Facebook live going. <laughs> Thank God that had nothing to do with that cooking. <laughs> so we did some cooking and what they failed to share is how much they've enjoyed these new recipes. So okay. I'm actually making a quarantine cookbook. We're trying new recipes. The health nut in the family is the lefty on the other side with the blue hat. He likes everything healthy and let's try new recipes and interested in how much sugar and calories are in them. So yeah, so wait one second, Mom. Sorry. Get this, guys. Okay, so they <laughs> Vernon's like, or, no, no, Justin said I want brownies. And Vernon was like, okay, let's try a new recipe. Let's make them healthy. So no, instead mom of putting, said that. Okay, mom said that. Well, you went along with the idea. Okay, I didn't deny it. And so um, they put avocados in for the vegetable oil. And they baked them, obviously, because, like, that's what you do with brownies. And they took them out, and I had one, and they tasted like Chinese food. They did not taste like Chinese <laughs> Yes, they did. No, they the didn't. aftertaste, yes, they did. <laughs> if you ever try avocado brownies, please let me know. They, it tastes they like don't Chinese, taste like Chinese yeah, food. Yes. I think that should be the inside bowling poll of the day. Do avocado brownies <laughs> taste like Chinese food? That's a good one. Yeah, we'll have to add that one in. Uh, what's what's the what's the best snack in the household? Oh, definitely the blueberry oh, muffins. Hard. They're really good. And Brandon, what muffins. would you say? Uh, what if I made a hundred times? Oh, 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 oh your protein, protein balls. balls. The energy right. bites. Yeah. Energy <laughs> bites. They have granola, chocolate no. chips, oatmeal. The same thing. No, it's, <laughs> uh, it's oatmeal, chocolate, chips, chocolate chip, honey, honey, peanut butter. Coming from the two cooks. What, oh my God. Oh, the best for. snack in the house, they're called oatmeal energy bites. So it's oatmeal, honey, vanilla, chocolate chips, and peanut butter. And I make the batch. I like multiply it times four. So we have plenty to last. I used to think that would last like three days. Well, now we're down to less than two days because Brandon just oh, takes- less than 24 hours. He eats them for meals. Like yeah. He'll just take the bowl. Yeah. They're not rolled in balls yet. And he'll just scoop it and just eat it. If you guys haven't, haven't realized- this household has not been without a boring moment for the last 10 or 11 weeks. <laughs> boring moment. You want to talk about boring moment? Yeah. We Here actually we had a great time to spend um, some time up upstate New York with Chrissy, with my sister and Doug Kent. Um, they've been experiencing this quarantine a little bit different than a lot of us. They're bowling center owners. And so they're trying to just manage and navigate through what that means to their business and how to, uh, bring bowlers back in the center, which they're really looking forward to. So we got to spend some great time with our family. My mom was there, my brother and the kids, we all got a chance to, uh, to bowl and, 
and welcome six new ducks to the family at the cat house. <laughs> how 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 is that going for them? Is it are they are they doing okay? Yeah, I think they're doing okay. I think it's just like so many bowling centers and small businesses, they're in a in a smaller community. And so they're really going to have to value what human nature, you know, what those practices and how as we move forward, how people are going to get back out and start, you know, socializing and what that's going to look like. Um, I know they're in phase four, so we'll be eager to see how the first three phases go and and how that's going to all happen. But our fingers are crossed for them. And, you know, we're such firm believers, you know, it will what it will be, it will be. And. However, it comes out, I know that they're going to do fine. So they had spoken about renovating their bowling center and adding a game room and just giving their bowlers more opportunity to be in their center with different activities. So that's underway. But um, time will tell and we'll look forward to embracing the new normal. Yeah, we had Robbie Robbie Spigner and uh, Mike Fagan were on the show yeah. a couple of weeks ago, and they're very bullish on bowling. And they're really looking forward to seeing how bowling comes out of this and, and they're bullish on it because there's not gonna be a lot of people wanting to get on airplanes and travel and go places. They're gonna have to stay close to home and getting back out to the bowling center and spending time with family is, is something that they, they feel is going to be very good for bowling in the future. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I definitely agree, but Hey, I got to look at right now, uh, Mike, let's roll back. Unfortunately to 2001, you know, when, when nine one one happened and we only live an hour from New York city, literally everything hunkered down and it wasn't just in new york city but it was certainly around the country and although the country opened up a little bit quicker than what we're going to go through right now it slowly evolved to where everybody stayed close to home and then they started to branch out and go a little bit further out and it took i don't know maybe a year or two until life really got back to normal it may take a little bit longer than that now but the same kind of formulation is is kind of out there unfolding. It's affecting, obviously, much more of the country, not just here on the immediate East Coast. But when we say that, it'll take a little bit longer time for it eventually to open up. But for those of us that love the game, for those of us that embrace the game, and we're all about the, the sport or the game of bowling as we know it, it's up to us to try to help grow it forward and continue and get other people involved to some extent that it can make it that much bigger and better for all of us. Well said. I agree 100%. We've got a little bit of time left here. We do have a question that's come in from Jeremy. Uh, this is for Parker and Leslie. Favorite PBA, PWBA tour icons of all time? Maybe somebody that you've looked up to uh, before you actually got onto the tour. Oh, I know this. <laughs> I know this for dad. Yeah. I, I don't know. You know, I'm going to start off with this. It, the three guys that I looked up to, it, it started out with Dave Davis Dave because Davis. him and his wife really <laughs> formulated my game and, and made it into what it is today. And uh, it was about a year later that I actually had the opportunity to spend a little bit of time with uh, another PBA Hall of Famer called Mark Roth. Yep. He kind of helped me with my spare game along the way. And uh, the guys, the kids know the story best that uh, the last one of the crew and certainly has become one of the closest friends that I could possibly have out on the PBA tour through the years would be Johnny Petraglia. Uh, Johnny, <laughs> Johnny only lives about five or six minutes from us. He lives basically right down the road. And actually, the funny thing is I have a missed call here from Johnny. He called me while I was on your show. So uh, but the three of them literally have made or enabled me to become the player that I am today. And I can't thank them all uh, enough 
not only from when I was a teenager, 17, 18, 19, but up until today, now when I'm in my mid-50s. And don't touch that, you guys. All right. For me, I looked up to um, Anne-Marie Pike, Anne-Marie Dugan now. She was my favorite. I idolized her. I loved how she could... I mean, hook a bowling ball back then. I graduated in 87. So Anne-Marie was out on tour and probably one of the neatest things that I had experienced is when I went to college at Wichita State, um, Karen Ellingsworth was putting together a team for nationals. And I went to school with a girl named Lana who was good friends with Karen and they were in need of another bowler because at the time you can only have two professionals on the team. So they asked me if I'd like to bowl nationals with them. And they said that my doubles partner would be Anne-Marie. So that was probably one of the, the person I looked up to. I wrote a paper on her for my English class as a sports role model. And then I had a chance to bowl with her and now we're great friends. So it's Anne-Marie Dugan for me. Yeah. She was a beast. She was awesome. Yeah. yeah. And, oh yeah. And I mean, dear friends to this day, um, Leanne Barrett Halsenberg and Kim, uh, we traveled out on tour. They were so helpful when I first started out on tour, helping me to understand life out on the road and always there, you know, supporting, cheering you on and, and helping answer those questions. So it's been great. Well, Team Bone, it's been great having you here today. I think we should uh, wrap up here with giving Justin some promotion on his upcoming shows and all the stuff he's doing over on YouTube and in the same space that we're in. <laughs> Bone and Zano show today at uh, 2 o'clock Mountain Time, I believe it is. So 4 o'clock Eastern today. Deandra yep. Asbady is going to be your guest today. How can people yeah. find out and go watch that show? Uh, we will be going live on our Facebook page at Bone and Zano Zone. We will be going live on Buddy's Pro Shop Facebook page as well and on our YouTube channel. So we'll be streaming to all three of those platforms. Uh, Mike's got it up on the screen um, right there on our YouTube channel. And one one more quick plug. Me and Brandon were able to shoot a YouTube video that we're really looking forward to releasing shortly. Oh, my God. PBA impersonations. I'm just going to leave it at that. And when you see this, you're you're going to laugh a lot. It's no holds barred. I it's, hate to say it. It's No. It's, there was a sneak peek. We had a sneak peek. Yeah, on yeah. Brandon's Instagram. He To anyone who's ever ripped their shirt. Brandon did it. I'm not going to say any names, but no. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, keep in mind, guys. All the guys that they they did this mm -hmm. with, it was just the two of them, uh, and they were at Uncle Doug's bowling center, but nobody else was in the facility. And I did not see it until after they filmed everything, and it is actually quite hilarious. You know, <laughs> as long as nobody takes it personally, there's a, a lot of different instruments involved along the way, but it is really funny when you sit there and look at it. Awesome. Yeah. Well, do us a favor, Justin. I know you're not shy. Send us a note when that comes <laughs> out. So we make sure that we share it and let's keep promoting we'll together. All right. We'll do. Thanks, Mike. All right. Uh, Parker and family guys, thanks for a great show today. Really appreciate you coming on. You're, you're welcome. welcome. Thanks, thanks for, having for having us. us. It's great. You guys do an awesome job. And, uh, you know, I say this sincerely from the entire bowling world. Thanks for everything that you guys do, the platform that you put out there. Uh, not just allowing us to be part of your platform, but everybody else that you literally share and become part of their household. It's awesome. Thanks so much. Right. Uh, Thanks, that's guys. Bone family, everybody. We appreciate you guys coming on. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Take Thank care. You.
Well, there we go, Matt. Another show. Um, I don't want to take away from the show, but I am partially fried over my internet connection here today. Hey, Mac, it's it's all right, man. I mean, we, we've gone through these trials and tribulations before, and it's nothing that's going to stop us. Thankfully, even though the video may freeze a lot, uh, the audio has been good, at least on my end. And uh, I think people have also said, hey, it's okay, Mike, if, you're, if your screen freezes every now and then, as long as we can hear you. And we've been able to hear you this whole time, buddy. So still another great episode with a legendary group of people. And um, man, just the bones are just so good for the sport of bowling and just and just great people in general. Yeah. And knowing being someone that has not sat in a chair, but had to squat down to stay in frame for 30 minutes just goes to show the type of shape that Leslie is in to be able to to squat on screen for 30 minutes plus shows the type of shape that she is in. Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't do that. I would be sitting. I would be like, "All right, guys, thanks for having me. I'll sit on the floor here and I'll just talk, and you can hear my voice from outside the picture." But man, uh, just they do so much for the sport of bowling, so much for youth bowling, so much for professional bowling. You know, they made that video, uh, that that video that we spoke about, where Parker explained oil patterns, and I can't help but think that one of the reasons why it's so viewed is that Parker is an incredible ambassador for the sport, and he makes it so easy to understand that. If you watch that video, you'll, you'll say, oh, you know what? Wow, maybe I should go bowling. Maybe I should be able to apply this and to have have more fun and to be able to enjoy the sport like they do. Yeah, you mean they just don't put the oil out there to preserve the wood? It's actually there's some sort of shape to it, and it actually determines the outcome of how, how the bowling ball changes direction going up and down the lane. Like, unbelievable, right? So, yeah, totally. And uh, that's a cool video and one that uh, many of us in the space try to mimic or try to one day – uh, reach as many as that video so matt uh again uh great show today number 32 number 33 coming up tomorrow with rambo ray rambo, rambo ray. ray and i noticed yeah. uh sweep the rack had him on yesterday uh did they yeah i'm gonna have to listen to that back make sure we we have some unique questions but rambo ray uh he's uh competed for team canada um bowls pba events and uh another type of show that where we'll talk about uh the social media game and the online digital game because uh he really broke through his his real job is is in video games um yeah professional video game playing so hopefully everybody will stick around for that one tomorrow it's going to be an interesting and very intriguing show i think we're going to learn a lot and i think the audience can learn a lot tomorrow as well yeah, really looking forward to spending some time with uh, Ray. He's a busy guy. He's got a lot going on. Um, so it's it's great to be able to get him on, talk some stuff that's not necessarily bowling. So I have a feeling Mike's going to be in his happy place tomorrow. Yeah, I got to bring this comment up right here. Uh, I knew you were going to – I was leaving it there for you, man. I was leaving it there for you. Look, all right, here's the deal, all right? You have to, you have to give props when there's beautiful women in bowling. Okay. Because <laughs> the guys get all the credit. All right. The guys get all the credit. So it's just a little shout out there. <laughs> oh my God. It's like you said, man, calling a spade a spade. I call it like I see it, man. I call it like I see it. And and am I um you know, I've got a large influence of folks that that give me recon on things that I didn't see and when I wasn't around. And my buddy Steve Orff told me. When Parker was able to get Leslie's attention and keep that attention, that may have been the greatest title in his life ever. 
Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah we I mean, we might have to. We might, yeah. I mean, we we might have to have them back on the show again in future episodes. Uh, just Beat, the two of them. Beaten Belmo's nothing. I mean, that's like a walk in the park compared to how Parker had to had to go after and and land Leslie. And he's been a wonderful father. And he, you know, they're a match made in heaven. So that's that's all I'm gonna say about that. I think it's time to get out of here because I'm gonna go on and off. <laughs> I think you're getting delirious here. I am. I'm pride about my internet today, man. I haven't had one internet problem in yeah. 30, in what, 32, 32 and a half shows, if you count the Tom Clark Coley interview. Yep, 32 and a half shows without any internet trouble. You've left that all to me, but today I saved the day. You did. And hey, listen, listen, everybody, we appreciate you watching the show. I mean, without you, we wouldn't, we wouldn't uh, even be considering coming back for 100 episodes or whatever we're going to do when we come back after a week break. So. That's going to do it for today's program, though. I really want to thank the Bone family for coming on. I'm glad they all got on the screen. That was cool. This is one I'm going to remember for a long time, Matt. Absolutely, so. man. Great show. Oh, we'll be back with uh, Rambo Ray tomorrow. I hope you guys all join us. We'll see you at 1 o'clock Eastern with Rambo Ray. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Go head over to InsideBowling.com. Save 15% with coupon code IBSHOW. We're out. We'll see you.